Standards are really high right now, um, as they should be. Um, you know, we put a lot of hard work in over the last really nine years that I've been here. Uh. Standing on the edge, the transformation of this team and this organization has been pretty incredible, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. And Had I been 18, 19 years old and you told me I was going to live, you know, nine, probably 15 to 20 years in the city of Detroit, I'd told you you're crazy. And this town has done a great job of taking me under their wing, and I love living here. Um, The Lions were great. I mean, they really were. Put no pressure on me to come back at any point. Um, I remember I showed up and our trainers were like, what are you doing here? Welcome to Frustration Nation. Presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN sports teams. Every episode we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Detroit fan, the man in the Michigan hat, and I'm here with my miserable co-host and Chicago fan, Furious George. What is going on today? Well, another Matt has left the division, and they replaced him with somebody that has a name that nobody likes, Jared. Ugh. Sean McVay wants a ring, but he went to Matt <laughs> instead of Jared. Speaking of rings, can Knickknack Patty Pat Mahomes take down the Brady Bunch? And how many more quarterbacks are switching teams? Lastly, will the man in the Michigan hat find a new football team? Find out only next week on Frustration Nation. Oh, just kidding. This episode, right now, on Frustration Nation. But before we get into Matt and Jared and Patty Pat Mahomes and the Brady Bunch, let's get into our vent sesh. Well, my vent sesh this week is based on the recent Stafford news. I've been listening to lots of Detroit sports talk shows and um, just seeing fans on social media. And my vent is people who want Stafford to succeed more than the Lions. Yeah. So as a Stafford supporter for the past however many years or decades, part of me would like to see him do well. And I've supported him, like I said, for years. It's time to ask the question, though, whether I'm a Stafford fan or a Lions fan. And I've thought about this, and I've originally had said I'd like to root for Stafford wherever he goes. You know, like we've talked about that. But... After asking myself that question, I will be rooting against the Rams more than any team in the NFL outside of the Packers. Why? That's so mean, Michigan hat. Where's your gratitude for all that Stafford did for you, right? 
Well, right now, I'm just grateful for the Rams' first-round picks in 2022 and 23. And if the Rams suck, it directly impacts our draft position in those picks. Or if they do well. Yeah. like Their record is going to matter to us more than any other teams besides our own for these years of the rebuild. You know, like, honestly, we should be rooting against them more than division teams because we're not in contention for the division. We're rebuilding. And these Rams' draft picks are a big part of that realistically the Rams window to contend with Stafford should obviously extend well into 2022 that should probably be a pretty late pick but at some point the lack of first round picks they haven't had a first round pick in like a decade now and all the money they have tied up into a few key players like Ramsey Darnold Stafford now it's going to catch up to you at some point like they're already going to have players this year who played good roles in the playoff run who they're going to have to let go because of the cap situation and you have money tied into these key positions that leaves you maybe a linebacker like other positions it leaves you without a lot of extra money to spend that catches up to you at some point they already play in a tough division if there's a perfect storm of injuries or team imbalance the whole thing might fall apart Best case scenario for the Lions, we could be pulling out of a rebuild in like 2023, ready to compete again, and drafting two picks in the top half of the draft the same year. So I hope the Rams crash and burn. And it's not because I hate them or because I hate Stafford. Like I love Stafford and what he did for the Lions, but it's because I love the Lions. Like If you're going to root for individual players over your team, go to the nba where like that's more common i'm a lions fan first and foremost and if that means stafford has to be terrible and play for a season it's a complete disaster they go to a rebuild that is what i want as hard as that is yeah uh i i hear you and i think it's a hard reality for a lot of people to swallow and frankly it sounds like it was a hard reality and we'll get into this a little later Sounds like it was a hard reality for the Lions as an organization to even swallow because I've heard mm-hmm. reports and rumors that they had better offers from like the Washington football team than the Rams, but they did the Rams partially because it was what Stafford requested. And also Stafford said, yeah. like, and I'll go to any team but the Patriots. Yeah. What if the Patriots had the best offer? Like, <clears throat> it's interesting. Yeah. It's tough because I've only seen the offers for a few teams. And it, from what I saw, Washington's offer wasn't as good. Okay. Um, I like heard Carolina together. offered just like the eighth. And, you know, so that wasn't as good. I saw Carolina's was – we saw what they offered. Um, the Bears offered two first-rounders. I don't know if they offered they? anything else, but they offered two okay. first-rounders. I hadn't heard that, yeah. But I saw, like, the Colts didn't want to offer a first-rounder. They offered, like, second and thirds. Wow. Um, Washington had offered, yeah, which is surprising because I thought that was the favorite to get him. I thought, you know. Yeah. Um, w- from what I saw, Washington offered like their first this year and maybe a second next year or something. But okay. I hadn't seen anywhere else that had offered two firsts and an additional pick. So, hmm. yeah, it is interesting. Um, either way, I'm happy with the trade. Like, I like the return we got back. And I we talked about this on our bonus episode. We'll talk more about it later in the episode, I'm sure. But I like the trade. But this trade becomes a whole lot better if the Rams are bad. Yeah. So that's what I'm rooting for. Well, my event sesh, uh, I'm going to be brief on this because this is really a football-centric episode. We got college football stuff for you. We got the Super Bowl quarterback conversation. But I just want to sneak in a little piece of baseball news. 
Uh, the Cubs signed free agent Jock Peterson. I think it was just to a one-year deal. Uh, and <clears throat> this is <clears throat> objectively a good thing for the Cubs um, after a lot of negative um, trades or decisions letting players walk and things like that. Um, a lot of Cubs fans are happy about this. Jock Peterson, yeah, this is awesome. Like he's a good. He this improves our outfield and improves our overall, you know, contact hitting or whatever. Uh, but of course, Jock Peterson can't hit lefties, which is the entire lineup's problem. Um, they were talking on the radio like, oh, Jock Peterson's really good when he's in against righties, but they, he usually doesn't start against lefties. Well, that's literally the entire lineup's problem so <clears throat> that's not great that's not great but yeah. um the reason this is my event sesh is uh another quick nugget jock peterson finished second in 2015 in nl rookie of the year voting behind chris bryant so that's kind of an, an interesting nugget huh. but the reason this is my event sesh is because cubs fans were honest i think they were so starved for positive news that when this broke they were like oh yes like this is a great signing woo like i'm so excited when this broke my response was cool okay jock peterson like i don't understand maybe i'm too pessimistic here but so many people were like so thrilled that the Cubs signed this guy because they were like, look, the Cubs still are competing for this division and yada, yada, yada. If the Cubs were competing for this division, they wouldn't have traded Yu Darvish, okay? Yu Darvish was yeah. the, the runner-up to Cy Young last year and very likely could have won the Cy Young. And they traded him away. And obviously they, they're trading him at the height of his skill set that you could get the most value for him, but you right. wouldn't have done that if you wanted to win. And if you thought you were going to win, you probably also wouldn't have let John Lester walk. You'd probably bring him back as a quality guy. One-year deal kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, in the dugout, maybe he is your fifth starter at this point, mm-hmm. but still quality leader. And um, so a lot of frustration there, and I just feel like Cubs fans are so, or, I don't know, blinded, because I don't want to make them sound dumb, because they're not. But people are getting, I feel like, way too excited about this Jock Peterson acquisition. And what yep. makes me the most mad about this, and the reason this is my event sesh, is because on the same day that the Cubs acquired Jock Peterson, the Cardinals acquire Nolan Arenado from yeah. the Rockies. And I'm, I think I even tweeted something out about this, like, while Cubs fans are sitting at home cheering about the Cubs acquiring Jock Peterson. The St. Louis Cardinals just acquired one of the best sluggers in the league. Mm-hmm. And they've done that now twice in the past three years because they acquired Paul Goldschmidt a few years ago. Yep. And now they acquired Nolan Arenado. Like, and they've had success with the Rockies. Like, not that long ago, they had Matt Holiday, and he played really well for the Cardinals. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, and it, what's so frustrating is we know that baseball's a game that, yes, there's the, there's a luxury tax threshold that you would like to avoid, but there's no cap. You can technically spend however much you want to. And it's been pretty widely speculated that the Cubs have closed the books on a lot of things, limiting their spending. And meanwhile, you have St. Louis, which in comparison to Chicago is a small market city small market mm-hmm. team who is doing everything they can to acquire one of the biggest names in baseball 
and you're sitting here like, oh, I don't really know if we should sign anybody or if we should just sit here on our hands and wait for the season to start. And that's why it's in my vent sesh. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hate on Jock Peterson. I do think he is a good piece. He's not a piece that's automatically going to make the Cubs contend for this division. Nolan Arenado is for the Cardinals. And this division is incredibly winnable. The only way this division is not win like, the only way there's a determining factor of a favorite is if Trevor Bauer stays with the Reds, probably, then the Reds would be the favorite. But assuming Trevor Bauer signs out of the division, the division was wide open. Well, the Cardinals just closed that gap by signing uh, Arenado. So, and now as a Cubs fan, now you have to play him and the Cardinals 20 times a year. So congratulations on Jock Peterson, who will sit when we face lefties, when you could have probably gone after Nolan Arenado. So that's my little baseball vent sesh. Yep. No, I like it. It's kind of confusing when you get I won't say too much on this, but when you're you're rebuilding, you still acquire players cuz you need some veterans, you need some bridge players, like you still need to put a team on the field. So I for Cubs fans, I get the optimism of hoping this is anything but a rebuild, but it's, to me it looks like it's still a rebuild. You just get a guy, you know, as like a a piece. Um my point is that look at your rival like everyone yeah. agrees that the whole division this is going to be the worst division in baseball next year. Anybody could win it. The only team that's really on an upswing in terms of rebuild is the Reds. The mm-hmm. Cardinals, the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Pirates are all on the teardown right now. Yep. And now because the division is wide open and now the Cardinals get Arenado, like who are you left with Cubs? Are you just trusting that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Bryant and Baez and Rizzo and Contreras are going to return to the form they were? Because last year was not good. And I know it was a weird year last year, but we've been kind of seeing this production coming for a while. Yeah. Um, I, I'll bring this up now. Michael Cerami, who covers Bleacher Nation for the Cubs, he has been on our podcast a couple times. He predicted before the baseball season even started that Javi Baez may not be worth the monster extension everybody's talking about just based on his production. Last year, you saw that. Baez did not play well at all last year. Mm-hmm. And it, we like him because he's a very charismatic player. But in mm-hmm. terms of his actual value, there's concerns there. Bryant hasn't been the same since he got hit in the face in Colorado, of all places, in 2017. Okay. Rizzo is Rizzo. He still has back issues every now and then, but he he's he Rizzo's pretty reliable. And Contreras, his numbers have also fluctuated. Um, he was like on a tear, and then he had like a hamstring injury in like 2017 or something. He's been on a tear since then, or he's been back and forth since then. But the point is, it's a, to me, it's a big risk to just trust these guys are going to return to the previous form when they're another mm-hmm. year older. Um, yeah. But that's yeah, enough about sure. baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into some football talk. All right. So first up, we have a note here to talk Super Bowl preview, because obviously this is our last show before the Super Bowl. Um, I've heard I'll of say, that. say, like, was it? I've heard of that, the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's some kind of event. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know much about it. but I mainly um, watch for the commercials. Yeah, right. <laughs> like any true fan. <laughs> yeah, um, in the half. I will show. say, like listeners if you want to hear more in depth of like 
prop picks and like all this information, check out the Shoot Your Shot Scorecast. Mm-mm. What's the full name of this special episode we have? The Super the- Super Bowl Shoot Your Shot Scorecast Spectacular Show. <laughs> Easy <laughs> to remember. Sean Connery. Yeah. The Shoot Your Shot. Yeah. <laughs> the Super Super Bowl Shoot Your Shot Scorecast Spectacular Show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um so definitely check that out. We'll get a lot more in-depth in specific players and all that. But kind of just have a spot here. Like, what are your overall thoughts on the game, the significance of this? I mean, we've had the Brady, Mahomes, yeah. like their legacy. We've had that conversation already. Uh, I guess you don't have to give a score prediction because I haven't even went that in-depth yet. But, like, how do you think this game goes? What are some things you'll be watching for? Well, first of all, when you're talking about storylines – um, in the event that the Chiefs win, I am bracing for mm-hmm. a hurricane of stupidity from people on Twitter slandering yeah. Brady's name as the GOAT. Because I tell you, even in this time waiting for this Super Bowl to happen, there's like there was somebody who went viral on TikTok the other day talking about Peyton Manning being the GOAT and whatever. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers, that whole conversation is still coming up that he's the goat, and I just don't I like I understand that maybe there's certain parts to each of those guys' games that objectively appear like mm-hmm. more talented or skilled than Brady. Sure, but mm-hmm. I just it, it to me it's just foolish to I I don't know I I I really think the argument rings rather hollow. I feel like. Yeah, okay, so this person's yeah. more talented. Okay, why didn't they win more? And I know their response is, well, winning is a team statistic. But I don't know. To me, it's more than that. So anyway, if if the Chiefs win this game, I'm preparing for lunacy to overtake the internet because all you're going to see is Colts fans and Packers fans and anybody mm-hmm. else who hates Brady talking about how, look, he isn't the GOAT. He lost to Mahomes, like all this stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, like you're right. Su- he lost in his tenth Super Bowl. Right. It's like at at age forty. How much? How much do you have to do? Like, okay, everyone says, well, if Rodgers beats him, like that's going to be a huge monumental game and their legacy is Rodgers has a real argument you can make that he's the goat. So Brady goes out and beats him and nobody says, okay, I was wrong. Brady <laughs> is the goat. It's on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, if he loses this, it's going to show, yeah, like he really wasn't able to get it done without Belichick. And it was kind of like, yeah, or say he wins this Super Bowl. Well, he did it once, but maybe that season was just a flash in the pan. Like, can he have sustained success in Tampa? I just don't know yet. Like, the goalposts are constantly moving. And for a guy who's been to more Super Bowls than most teams have and is clearly has the best legacy of all, probably almost any athlete who's ever lived, let alone football player, it's you, just... You just said been to more Super Bowls than most teams have. We discussed this the other day. He, yeah. Tom Brady has out Super Bowl every team but the Patriots. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Like he literally has been to more Super Bowls than every other team. By Tom himself. Brady by himself is one of the best franchises in NFL. <laughs> is the best franchise in NFL history. Right. Yeah, and so, but no, still he has something to prove. Apparently, like it's just and so again, frustrating. I, it's like was were people this insufferable when? jordan was playing like in his sixth championship was it like yeah well if he loses this it's gonna raise some serious questions about you know like 
is it really championship or bust every single year? Even if it is, Brady surpassed those expectations most years. But it's like, yeah. Well, I feel like that was probably the expectation this year. Oh, guess what? He's in the Super Bowl, and people are still doubting. And my my least favorite thing, and I don't want to rehash this whole argument, but my my right. my least favorite thing is, I hate when people are like, "Well, winning's a team sport. There's an awful lot of luck involved and everything." How the heck are you going to explain to me that somebody was this lucky ten times? In a 21-year career, how if, if it's all about luck and flip of the coin, how is it that there's never been another quarterback that has been to that, like, at least a little closer to that many Super Bowls? Yeah, like, even if you want to argue, like, okay, if you want to argue Eli Manning was lucky to win his two Super Bowls, I won't even take that away from him because it's still he won two Super Bowls. But an argument like that at least makes a little more sense. You could say he was carried by a good defense. He got lucky with some kind of fluky plays. I won't even go that far. People who try to argue Brady is lucky, like you said, the sample size is too insane at this point. Like You can't take away – you'll say, oh, the tuck rule. Okay, take away one of the ten. Yep. Like you, you, it's just, and you could it, have said, yeah, you could have said that even for that stretch he had at the beginning of the two thousands, when he had, you know, he went to three Super Bowls, and yeah, they did win all three of those. Like I would be okay if you said he was lucky for those or he rode the coattails of the defense. Cause that yeah. was probably true. But the fact that then he had like a short little break, but then from like 2008 through currently he has been, mm like in the Super Bowl or in the championship game almost every year. I don't know. But that story is one thing to look at, at for the Super Bowl. I think that's going to be the main thing that comes out of it. So in many ways, I yeah. hope the Bucks win just because mm-hmm. Brady fans, they're not going to shut up anyway. So I might, or not Brady fans, Brady haters. So they might as well just have to s- suck on their hate for a year. <laughs> um, it's just fr- and I, it's crazy because I'm not even like this huge Brady fan. I'm just trying to point out that there's not really any argument you can provide that would convince me that he's not the goat. Um, and I'll close the this part of the argument out, which, yeah, we've rehashed this a lot of times. But like you said, this is the big storyline, so it's good to break it down again. I don't know if you saw Danny Amendola's comments today. And, or uh, so Lions receiver, he's in a contract year this year, um, but obviously played with the Patriots, played with Brady. Um, he was asked um, as far as the whole Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick with Brady being in the Super Bowl. And he said this, he said, when you see Patriot way, which obviously that's the expression, right? When you see Patriot way in the dictionary, it's going to have Tom Brady's name next to it. None of these coaches threw any passes. None of these coaches caught any passes. None of these coaches made any tackles. They got guys in the right position because they watched a lot of film and spend all their time at the facility, but Tom Brady is the Patriot way. That's the mm-hmm. reason Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl right now and the Patriots aren't. <laughs> I mean, yep. that kind of comes off as harsh as a former Patriot, but I 100% agree with him. The culture, Tom Brady is the the successful culture. Well, that's what everyone said. Everyone said going into this year, well, now we get to see the difference between was it Belichick or was it Brady? And I remember Colts fans, mm-hmm. for years, all I'd see on Facebook was, you know, well, Brady is just a system quarterback. Oh, look, they won a game with Matt Castle. Brady, that's because it's a good system. It's not the quarterback. And yep. Well, the quarterback's the only thing that went to Tampa, and the system went with him. So explain that to yeah. me. 
Yeah. Huh. Um, so well, anyway, that uh, yeah. in terms of who's going to win the game, I've been really back and forth on this. Um, Same. And I really, the realistic part of me says the Chiefs will win. To, to mm-hmm. me, they're just they're too young, and they have I feel like the perfect storm of experience with having been there last year, um, and they're just so high powered. But it's hard to count against Brady and. Yeah. Um, I'll bring up this stat, and I'm going to say it on the scorecast, and I will say it again on Super Bowl Sunday. The team in the white jerseys <laughs> yeah. in the past, I think it's the past 16 Super Bowls, the team in the white jerseys is 12-4. and four. That's a big sample size and a not just like a slight margin. That's a, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, it's dude. It is huh. way too much. So, um, wow. I'm really curious to see what happens. The thing that's so f- hard about the Chiefs is that, like, if you look at their run last year when they were they had to come from behind in every playoff game, that's why it's hard to count them out because it's like if yeah. they're leading, you're like, oh, shoot, we're going to f- lose to the Chiefs big. If you're mm-hmm. winning by big, you're like, shoot, they can catch up big. Like, Yeah, they're just a dangerous team, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really have a strong leaning one way or the other at this point. So. It's almost in different ways. It's really hard to bet against Mahomes and really hard to bet against Brady. Obviously, yeah. Mahomes, because he's entering his prime, he's one of the most talented and best quarterbacks playing right now. Brady has the experience, and he just knows how to win. Um, so I kind of almost look at that as a wash at this point. Um, I'd say probably the Chiefs at this point both careers have the quarterback advantage, but I don't think it's a huge margin. So I'm going to kind of look at that as a wash. I think Tampa's defense, which – haters are gonna say oh look you're gonna this defense will win him another super bowl but like i do think the tampa has a good defense you know and that doesn't take anything away from brady like you a good defense isn't enough by itself look at the rams i mean look at the bears like a defense isn't enough by itself so brady still gets credit for this but i think the tampa's defense with their defensive front going against a chiefs team that's missing two offensive linemen for this game um if the Tampa is able to get pressure. I think that's going to be the X factor. Yep. So I'm going to pick Tampa to win this, um, in a close game, but I think that's the the matchup or the battle that'll affect it. The thing is, though, is I agree that is where this game will be decided. The thing yep. is, though, what are the Chiefs really good at? Oh, hey, I'm going to do this little dump pass to Tyreek Hill and I'm run yeah. for 50 yards. They're, they can like, counter it for sure. And Andy Reid, I, I, to me, the Chiefs have the clear coaching advantage. Oh, yeah. Um, Bruce Arians like, has widely been considered a really good coach, but he hasn't won anything. So, And even like a few weeks ago, people were saying, is the Arians-Brady relationship in trouble? Like, It seems like it's just not working, which that was clearly an overreaction. But I do think the Arians probably isn't a great coach. In, in today's <laughs> NFL, Arians is one of the few coaches older than Brady. With with all the young hires going around. That's a very good point. And I love Andy Reid. Like, he's one of my favorite personalities in the sport right now. So, um, I'm just happy it's these two teams and it's not, we don't have the Packers or some team that I really have to root against, you know. Um, Either way, I'm going to be fine with the outcome. Um, Did you see, I had this one tweet today. I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, Oh, where was it? (laughs) Yeah. Ian Rappaport tweeted the Chiefs end zone um, in Tampa being painted over like with Chiefs. And mm. last year, 
when they first painted it over, it said chefs instead of chief. <laughs> and so he said, that. impossible to see this and not think, that's great, but who are the chefs? <laughs> and so then I, I, I sent this tweet. I hope you can see this. Hold on. This is great audio, everybody. <laughs> Andy Reid, chefs, where? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. He's so he's so great. He's so lovable. That's what. He yeah, he is. He's uh, funny. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be really good matchups all over the place. That's yeah. one I'm gonna be watching closely and along with everybody you're, else. You're obviously. gonna get up for the weekend, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna I'm be excited. blinded by the light? <laughs> I I I don't know. He's interesting. Uh, I don't hate him, but yeah, he's all the halftime shows in general have been so commercialized and kind of mainstream at this they're point. They're not good where, anymore. Am I? No, I mean they haven't been good for forever. Like yeah. Prince was the last, you know, last time I think a halftime show was really iconic. I remember so, Bruce Springsteen, and he like he yeah. part of his set was to climb on top of the piano. And this here goes this like seventy year old man trying to <laughs> climb on top of a grand piano, and he like, like it's funny. It's like what are we watching? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Oh, and then last year you had uh, all all of the the skin being exposed to all the poor children. Um, I remember the controversy with that. That was yeah from J Lo and Shakira. Shakira. My yeah. response to that was like I didn't even watch the halftime show, but I was just like. Yeah. Why? Okay, J Lo and Shakira. How you knew they were performing going into this? How if you were concerned about like being scantily clad and stuff? How did those names by themselves not give you the warning? Like, right? You knew what you signed up for. Yeah, exactly. Come on, kids, so, we're gonna go watch this wholesome Jennifer Lopez concert. And really, like, who even watches the halftime show anyway? Like, anyway, isn't that just the universal time to go? like reload on food and take a bathroom break like is anybody actually sitting down and watching the whole halftime show no because yeah. to be honest i do like i like the commercials better than the halftime show I, yeah i would stay and watch the commercials and then be like hey i can hold it till the halftime show yeah. <laughs> you know i thought that's just what everyone does but <laughs> apparently some people really get into it and break down every detail so all right well let's yeah. move on from our football conversation you want more super bowl coverage check out the scorecast Yep. And who knows? Maybe you know we'll definitely be live tweeting. Maybe we'll even do a Super Bowl episode. You never know. You never yeah. know. But <laughs> talking We've about been doing some surprise episodes recently, it's kind of become a trend. Yeah. So. Uh, talking yeah. about the quarterback market, Stafford's obviously out. Um, yep. I think I did think it was really interesting that they basically let him go to his preference it was really interesting that stafford and his wife were in cabo along with sean mcveigh and his wife <laughs> i know i saw that uh <laughs> yeah you know that all of the uh QAnon michiganders are probably going crazy about a, <laughs> some conspiracy <laughs> between going full matt naggy drawing on the walls trying to make things <laughs> find connections yep. yeah <laughs> um yeah so uh but yeah i you know, good for Stafford. I do think he'll do really well out there, but I totally respect your um the, your approach to this with trying yeah. to you're trying to focus on what's good for your team. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, th I guess the benefit for you is I know you would also you wouldn't hate to see Stafford do well, 
So right. for you, it's kind of a win-win. It's like either I get If he to does s- do well, it's like, oh, that kind of sucks for the Lions, but cool. Yeah. You know? Um, but as for other quarterbacks, there's just been a lot of – it's been crazy, guys. Like, people mm-hmm. call it the quarterback carousel. It feels like a super high-powered carousel. Like, one where you're not really sitting calmly on the horses of the merry-go-round, but you're clinging for life on the poles that the horses go up and down because <laughs> it's going so fast. That's what it feels like right now. Yeah. Um. So – Obviously, Deshaun Watson is the big name. Uh, it's been lately reported that the Texans want two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and two young defensive players for Watson. And my response yeah. to that is, why haven't the Bears done this trade already? Are you kidding me? Like Everyone was like three first-rounders, and everyone's like, I don't know, that's a little too much. Two firsts, two seconds, and two defensive players. Oh, I don't know, are the Bears a good defensive team? Heck, yes, they are. And do we have any good young defensive talent? Yes, we do. Like, it shouldn't be hard to identify two young defensive players that the Texans would want and then throw in your two firsts and two seconds. Pace is better in the third through sixth rounds anyway, but drafting. Like, <laughs> this should be a no-brainer here. It, it It's actually frustrating. Like, if this is actually true, it's frustrating to me that it's not done yet. Uh Unless yeah. Watson is saying he doesn't want to play for the Bears, that's a whole other issue. But fulfilling those specific needs, two firsts, two seconds, two defensive players, this should be a no-brainer for the Bears. Yeah, and not that I disagree with that. I kind of see both sides. Not I mean, that I disagree, deep. but I disagree in this way. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I were to disagree, this is how I would disagree. <laughs> I, no I offense, this... but I'm about to say something very offensive to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Classic. Not to be racist, but no. <laughs> but <laughs> I just think it's funny how uh, this, I mean, I had said before that doing like three or four first rounders is already super steep. And it is. The, I, this is even more so. And maybe it's just. You think this is more steep? I think it is because, okay, like here's let's use the Bears as a hypothetical because, like you said, Please. I agree with you. They have everything needed to make this happen. Yeah. Like, so let's just say they were to do this. You trade two first, two seconds. I assume that'd be this year's first and second, uh, and next year's like twenty one and twenty two. Uh, maybe you could use twenty two and twenty three, but I'm assuming since Houston wants to rebuild, start their rebuild now, they'd want the current ones. Um, so. You lose, let's say, Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith. Those are the two sure, yeah, Ro- Roquan Smith. Like, obviously, that's a immediate hit to your defense. You still have a good defense, um, but those are two pieces who made it big impacts last year. I, the The reason I get your side is because, like you said, Pace does have a history of being able to find guys three through the rounds three through six. But in general, if you take two young guys from your defense and then lose your first and seconds, now you've lost your best likelihood picks and your best possible picks to replenish that defense. So what you could end up with, in theory, like 
obviously assuming that it's going to be a lot harder rounds three through six, which that's what could make this work for the Bears. But in general, for most teams, it's going to be tough to replenish defensive starters with later picks like that. And you could end up being that team that, yeah, now you have Watson, but you don't have the ability to get other weapons around him or replace the weapons you lost on defense. And I just know as a fan of the Lions, who basically all we had was Stafford, a good quarterback, um, I know how much how frustrating it is to have a quarterback and not have the pieces in place around him you need to be a, a true contender. Now it is different for the Bears because it's the Bears losing those two players and then losing those draft picks will still have an above average defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know the impact, and this is this is really set up to be a very high risk, high reward kind of move that if you're not able to find replacements in those later rounds could really set your defense back for like years and years now here here's i agree with you but here's the deal <laughs> so i did the same thing as you i agree with you but i'm gonna disagree with you <laughs> well i, I mean, think both the, of us can see both sides so i think the yeah. toughest loss would be jalen johnson and i'm not yeah. saying he's the better player than roquan smith but because Finding very highly skilled cornerbacks is very valuable in a pass-first NFL, and Mm -hmm. it's just tough to find highly rated uh, cornerbacks. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know Jeff Okuda, the third overall pick, was very up and down last year. Um, Jalen Johnson was pretty much all positives last year. Yep. His biggest negative is his injury history. But here's my biggest reason why I'm confident in this trade. I understand the first and the second, it's a lot to give up. But one, you're giving it up to the AFC, so you're not going to like face immediate repercussions from this draft. Like I don't and I I feel like it'd be hard to really say, "Oh, the Bears lost the Watson draft," unless the yeah, te- unless the Texans were to be able to acquire someone like Trevor Lawrence or something maybe, but but even with that, there's so many other moves that have to happen. You can't really tie it directly to a certain player. So, yeah. And here's the thing. The Bears, okay, like a, a lot of people, and I'm going to this this I'm going to go ahead and spoil. It. This is my effing idiot too. There's way too many Bears <laughs> yeah. fans on Twitter who are like, "Oh yeah, well, I, I don't think we should ha- give up Roquan or that we should give up uh Jalen Johnson." Mm-hmm. Well, who the who the frick are you going to give up? Oh, well, we could give up, like, Akeem Hicks and Robert Quinn. <laughs> yeah, sure, if they would take yeah. that. But here's right. the thing. Roquan Smith, yes, he should have been an all-pro this year. Yes, he played super well. And it, who, if there's one position in the history of the franchise that the Bears are known for, mm-hmm. it's linebacker. True. Even a casual Bears fan, even a non-Bears fan, can name you three Hall of Fame linebackers, and there's many more, and there's many more that if they're not Hall of Fame, they're really good, right? Like Shane, right now mm-hmm. you could go, you could rattle off Brian Erlacher, Dick Butkus, and mm-hmm. do you know a third by chance? Mm. Mike, um, a Singletary. Yep, yep, yep. Like it's the the bear, it's the Bears' strength, and so. Mm-hmm. And here's the other convincing argument. In the playoffs this year, the Bears were struggling with some injuries, 
and both Roquan and Jalen Johnson did not play against the Saints. And the Bears sure. held the Saints to their lowest mark score of the season in the That's playoffs. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So there's something there. And just because the Bears, as a Bears fan, I've dealt with good defense almost my whole life. Okay, there's a small stretch during the Jay Color years where they were really bad. But almost my whole life, they've had a really good defense. I have so much confidence that they could rebuild it, especially if it's just those two pieces. And Mm -hmm. in theory, you have a year or two left within within the quote-unquote Khalil Mack window. And if you get Watson now, if you can convince A-Rob to stay, which you probably can if you get Watson, you could be looking at a Super Bowl run next year. Like it, it could yep. turn around that fast. So anyway, I'm that's a good all- point. It really, so much of this has to do with like what our perspectives are. So really, I'm going to defer to you, being the Bears fan. Like this is the Bears making the trade. So your perspective on their history, what their strengths and weaknesses are, like has more impact on this move in general. Like my perspective is more as a Lions fan, having seen good quarterback play for pretty much my entire fandom and seeing really bad defense. My initial reaction is, oh man, it's already so hard to build a defense. And now you're losing your picks to be able to do that. Like, cause when we did draft good defensive players, like Nadamik and Sue, he was in the first round. Like, so to me seeing the Lions struggle to build defenses, I just look at losing your two young two good young players and losing picks it almost seems impossible to build a defense that's because so, so much of it's different perspectives from different like franchises you know the lines just drafted too many tight ends they should yeah. have drafted more defense. classic mistake yeah. yeah easy mistake to make yeah <laughs> so that that's a good point like if you're talking about the bears making this trade the bears who historically have not been able to have good quarterback play and historically have always been able to build defenses like play to your strengths and make a big move to address your weakness yep that does make sense and here so here's the here's the big question of why it hasn't happened yet well one it's possible that watson with his no trade clauses said i don't want to go to the bears and if that's the case there's not really much you can do about it other than that you probably should have drafted him back in 2017 but at that point you just got to eat the reality and move on the other possibility is that this rumor of the two first two seconds two defensive players is not true and that it's actually even more than that or something slightly different that the bears can't offer Mm -hmm. um and i say that because you tagged me on twitter about um, (laughs) friend of the show sir (laughs) yacht we brought you up again uh just i would i wish i knew who his sources were because i would love like not that i question him because i like sir yacht a lot but i careful what (laughs) Careful what you say. <laughs> Why am I going to get canceled? <laughs> I don't know who his sources are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in any case, he, he reported that the Bears feel that they're out of the Deshaun Watson race and that they're going to go after Matt Ryan now, which does what? not much for me. Like, I guess getting Matt Ryan, the point of that would be to take advantage of the quote-unquote Khalil Mack window and hope that in the next two years you can win a Super Bowl because after these next two years, Matt Ryan is going to be not just toast, but he's going to be like roadkill on the side of the road that you have to like scrape up after a hot summer day. Like, I mean, he's a, he is an upgrade at quarterback, but only for like, 
only for a year or two. Exactly. Like you said, he's already on the decline. Um, his contract is massive. And also, you're going from, like, yeah, you can, Bears fans love Darnell Mooney, but, I mean, come on. Ryan would be going from Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley to a team that has Allen Robinson as their number one. And a lot of people think Allen Robinson's more of a number two. So they don't even necessarily have a number one per se, number one level, like a top five level wide receiver. I don't know. I like A-Rob a lot, but Mm -hmm. anyway, um, so I don't know. That that does nothing for me. Uh, The other quarterback news going on right now is that, and it's relevant to us, apparently the Vikings and Niners are talking (laughs) about a Kirk Cousins trade. That surprised me. I don't get this at all. Like, I didn't know. I had no thought that he would be on the move anywhere. My prime, my primary thought is that the Niners are trying to draw up some sort of interest for Garoppolo to see what yeah. teams would be interested in, and they're using the Vikings rumor as some sort of leverage or something. Um, maybe even the Bears. Like maybe the Niners know, hey, the Bears are in the Vikings division. If we can get the Bears to talk to us, we know the Bears need a quarterback um yeah i don't know i it it doesn't something doesn't sit right with me about this because swapping jimmy garoppolo and Kirk cousins to me feels mostly just like a lateral move like i feel like it doesn't change anything garoppolo's probably has more upside so like you know what Kirk cousins is more than garoppolo i feel like is it's just a bizarre move but maybe i i mean shanahan i like him a lot i assume he's a smart dude like I've, well, I think he does a good job in San Francisco, but wasn't Kirk, he is the... Wasn't Kirk Cousins with him in Washington? He's the one who drafted him in Washington, so, or like picked him in Washington. So maybe, as much as I think that Shanahan's doing a good job... They should, sign, just, they should for, sign RG3, too. <laughs> <laughs> RG3 and Kirk Cousins back together. <laughs> Albert Hainsworth. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like... Maybe he just has a soft spot for Cousins and, like, he sees something that he thinks everyone else has missed and he actually wants Cousins. I don't know. I I agree with you. It's probably more so to just feel out the market for Garoppolo. But it would. how bizarre would it be if he's like, Cousins is our guy. I want to go get Kirk Cousins for the Niners. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Would it be a one-for-one or... Are the Vikings giving up more? Are the Niners giving up more? I just... I don't know. I just hope the... I just hope the Vikings don't end up getting a lot of draft capital because they already have tons of picks uh, yeah, coming exactly. up. Yeah. So no, I 100% as, as a fan of a rival team in their division, as long as the Vikings don't end up moving Cousins for draft picks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah, that, that news is very interesting. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, that's our NFL news for now. Um I have a Blackhawks thought that'll come up later in the silver lining. Um, not really any interesting NBA updates to speak of. Bulls and Pistons just keep rolling along at the bottom of the league. Um, but with that, let's go ahead and get into our interview with a good friend of mine, Jason, to talk about Man Michigan Hat. Let's see if he can get persuaded into uh, joining a different team. All right, listeners, well, you've been hearing for a couple weeks ago, we talked about how the man in Michigan hat is done with Michigan football. He would rather see the big house just burn up than ever have to witness another game there. And he is 
open to fielding um, propositions from people of outside fan bases to potentially join them um, as a he, – he calls himself a recovering Twitter fan – a recovering Michigan fan on Twitter. So yep. um, with that, the first person I thought of was a good friend uh, of mine who grew up a Michigan fan and has since uh, attended uh, both at Auburn and Clemson, and that is my buddy Jason. So Jason, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be here. So man, Michigan hat, this is your opportunity to learn from somebody who's gone to a good fan base. So two good fan bases. There you yeah. go. So I'm going to turn the interview over to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, thank you again for setting this up, Kyle, uh, to help me in my recovery. Uh, it's, uh, I have a long road in front of me, but I think with the help of a close group of friends around me, I can make it through this uh, program I have. Um, and a little bit of Jim Beam. A little bit, yeah. Not a spot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, this is something I've like struggled to wrap my mind around how this can even be done. How do you go through the process of leaving a team? Like, how did you become a fan of Michigan? And what does that look like to then transfer to another school? Like, do I need to apply to another school and like attend one? Or is there an easier way to do that? Like, as somebody who's kind of done a transition in your fandom, what does that look like? Well, the first thing is you have to repaint your bedroom from being maize and blue to another set of colors. I mean, okay. That, that, that's probably the hardest thing, you know, to, to mm. put away that beautiful maze, that beautiful golden maze, and just realize that it, it's gone forever. And you have to shed sweet tears over that. And so that, that's the first step is recognizing you have a problem and, and shedding those sweet tears. Do you paint it all white like a hospital or an insane asylum? Because that's exactly what it's going to become. For a few Pads weeks, you have to go through withdrawal. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and once you finally have reached the point where you're at, you know, you've come to peace with yourself. You can begin fielding other offers, you know, like a good, you know, like a good free agent. You got to start taking the offers, see what's on the table. And so I'm very happy to be here pitching to you the, uh, someone who's won a national championship in the last 10 years. Whoa. Uh, the nice. actually have that won great. <laughs> two of them in the last 10 years. Wow. I know who, who, who knows that even is like, no, that was Michigan. possible. And exactly. <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks is going to be going to the bears. <laughs> yeah. Well, crazier things have happened. I mean, like trading up for Mitch Trubisky. I mean, who, who does that? <laughs> I know. Idiots. That's who. <laughs> uh, yeah. Clemson tigers. Uh, okay. they're, they're, you know, a really good solid squad. They have really deep talent, which is a, a strange thing to say for anyone besides Alabama. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, what, 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 what doesn't Clemson have uh, a great location, mm -hmm. a loving fan base, great tailgates, a great stadium, a great theme song and we too deep. I mean, what, what else do you want from a team that they win? And Clemson does that. They have a coach named Dabo. Come on. Like yeah, that's I mean, exactly. Yeah. Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> He's just a great guy. He, all of his interviews are just the best. He's a lovable guy. What's not to love about him? <laughs> well, you present a strong case. Yeah, there's a lot of pros there. Um, to be fair, if you've, you've presented a lot of compelling arguments, what would you say is the single best part of joining your fan base, but also what's the single worst part about being a Clemson fan? So being from Michigan originally, mm -hmm. my dad went to Michigan. Uh, you know, I grew up Michigan, got all the stuff. I mean, yep. I was raised – a Wolverine. 
maize and blue to my core. And so mm-hmm. you got to look for some, a fan base that's just as passionate. I think mm. that's what you get at Clemson is you get these, it, it's how I like to pitch it is, is Clemson is almost like the Michigan of the South. Okay. It's a really good school. It's got really good academics. And so the people who go there are actually, you know, really intelligent. They're really, really, really just nice people, uh, very genteel people. And so it was a really easy transition that way because it kind of felt like I was just trading Michigan for another Michigan, but just Michigan of the South. Okay. Do, they, uh, do they have a body part they compare their state to, like a spleen or something perhaps? <laughs> that would be helpful, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, they, nothing quite as uh, poetic as, say, a Michigan glove, mm, but okay. uh, they just call themselves, you know, it's in the upstate because the mm-hmm. big rival that they have is, of course, South Carolina, which is mm. in the SEC, and they have the state in the name. And so if you're in the upstate, though, that's what they talk about. You're in Clemson's in the upstate and the, and the Appalachians. And, I mean, it's a picturesque mm. campus, picturesque campus because okay. you're right off the Blue Ridge Mountains, and then you have all the Lake Shenandoah Hartwell and everything. Right. Yeah, so uh, – that's probably the best, the easiest thing to transition. And the best thing is that, you know, just the people really, okay. really nice. They talk their big pitch that they make to all the recruits is that it's the Clemson family, which it is a pitch to recruits, but they really do a good job about creating a really good environment at Clemson. Um, hmm. The downside is, is that, and this is going to sound really stuck up is that they win too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds awful. <laughs> and that's because, you know, when you win so much, I mean, the ACC mm. as a general conference, if you take out Notre Dame, is just awful. Mm. And so there's really no point to watching any of the games. And there's really no um, stake of, like, any risk. Yeah. And so when you almost, – Almost, if I may interject, since I'm a Notre Dame fan and they were in the ACC this year, like, you feel like you can't really – you don't really know what your team is. Like, exactly. the whole season. Like Notre Dame, like you, you knew Notre Dame was good, but how good were they until they played Clemson? And then even when they did play Clemson, it was DJU at quarterback, not Trevor Lawrence. So it was like, yeah, you know, how good exactly. is this team? So exactly. I see what you mean. And so that that's kind of the hard part is that like when you go to games, the games will always start with a full crowd, but by halftime, half the crowd's gone because oh my god, <laughs> I mean they're uh, probably up by forty nine points at halftime. I mean at that point, it it, it just. The, the, the joy of the game really is kind of gone, which is hmm. on the counter side, one of the good things about going about Clemson, about their basketball and soccer programs is that they're much more competitive in the ACC basketball okay. programs. You know, ACC is a basketball conference. You know, their soccer yeah. conference is really good uh, and, and things like that. And so when you go to those games, they're really, really fun and intense because they're really close and really competitive. And so that, that's the other side, the opposite of their football program. That makes sense. Okay. So, it, that's what I would say then when I was also at Auburn for a year, that was what I really liked about going to Auburn games is that, oh, that makes sense. they're, they're a very genteel old, you know, old rich kind of school and rich traditions there. Uh, and, but because they're in the sec and they're one of those middle tier schools, I'd say in the sec where they're just mm-hmm. off the cusp, they're almost like an A&M where yep. they're, they're almost close to being the best, but then they just keep losing, you know, Georgia and Florida and Alabama. But because of that, every game had weighted really was really significant yeah. and it was so engaging to those games because there's so much fun to watch because there was actually a sense of you could lose or you could win and it a lot was kind of hanging in the balance and so mm. that's my pitch for then auburn is like the opposite of clemson yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of like that 
So you said you're talking about like the environment at games. So have you been to a Clemson football game before or no? Oh, uh, yes. I went to nearly all of them. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. <I> can... <laughs> so this is not a fun story, but it's a story. Um, mm-hmm. My first Michigan game I ever went to, I was like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, went with my dad and some friends. I didn't know anything about Michigan, but I was pumped. Like it was going to be our first game of the, like the first game I've ever been to against some small school called Appalachian State. No. Um, that was my no. first, my first no. Michigan game. So can oh. you promise me that if I were to join your fan base, that I'll have a better experience at games? I would say that if you're against somebody who is not ranked in the top 25, they are going to win at least 95% of the time. I can't say 100% of the time because, you know, there's going to be the odd game, yep. but it's not going to be like Appalachian State. Oh, that hurts okay. my soul. Still to this point, yeah. still hurts my soul. The wounds are still fresh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. okay. Just thought I'd check real yeah, quick. Yeah. So um, I want to I ask, that, go ahead, Jason, as someone who was, was a Michigan fan, is a Clemson fan, how much did that first round of the college football playoff suck? This year? Yes, losing to Ohio State. I didn't even watch the final. I didn't even watch the, the championship game because I hated both teams equally. Oh. To be completely honest. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's the worst nightmare. Alabama versus Ohio State for a national championship. I mean, yeah. you can't choose two of the worst teams. You know, I still hate Ohio State because of, you know, Michigan. I mean, deep, yeah, yeah. stuff like that just doesn't change. And then okay. Alabama and Auburn are, you know – heated rivals they hate each other and so i mean it's like at this point it's a lose-lose situation i didn't even watch the game (laughs) well it must it does sound cool that like as somebody who grew up hating ohio state you've actually been able to see your team beat ohio state by changing teams so at this point that seems like the only way gratification yeah yeah (laughs) i mean at this point that's my best chance to see it so um okay cool so talking about the unless you go basketball yeah, so that's the other thing is I'm a big Michigan basketball fan, especially yeah. right now when they're good. So my fandom for them at this point is still locked in. Um, I mean, you never know. Well, but <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they, I'll still have like my connection to the Big Ten through that. So mm-hmm. um, so speaking of conferences, though, uh, Kyle, you can chime in here too as a lifelong ACC fan. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what is <laughs> What is the ACC conference like? You had said there's kind of not a lot of – parity so it feels like like you win too much like the games don't matter like moving forward is it going to be a competitive conference like are there certain teams you really hate like what would it be like to be an ACC fan so I assume you're specifically talking about football because if it's yeah. basketball that's a whole different yeah, animal. yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. so it, limiting discussion uh, only to football it pretty mm-hmm. much is a one horse conference and that's okay. Clemson um at least for like the past eight years or so before that it was, it was actually pretty mixed. You know, Florida state was, was pretty good for a while back in, I think they won it back in what? 13. The, Jam- something like the that. James Winston years. Yeah. yeah I think it was thir- Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they are the biggest rival of Clemson in conference. Okay. Um, but actually UNC has been looking pretty good under, under uh, Mac, Mac, uh, Mac, jo- Mac, Mac Jones, Jones no, uh, I think. Mac Jones. Yeah. He's been yeah. doing really good at UNC. Are you sure it's Mac Jones? Cause he's no, it's the quarterback. Not he, no, no, no. Uh, oh. It's uh, 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 yeah. Uh, I know who you're talking coach, about. Coach Mac. Yeah. Uh, that's always him. And then um, Sam Howell's quarterback. Yeah. He, he actually hasn't been doing too bad. 
you know, one of my, one of my friends uh, from my grad program is, went to Syracuse for his undergrad. He's always like, this is going to be Syracuse this year. This is going to be Syracuse this year, man. And, and no, Syracuse, I, I'm sorry. They're good in basketball. But then when you lose to Liberty, uh, you can't, you can't <laughs> say that they're uh, not, not much. So basically the, as a conference, when they do conference play, ACC games are fun to watch. Okay. If they're not playing Clemson, then they're a blowout. And then when you watch them in bowl games, the ACC actually isn't that bad per se. They they actually can hold up pretty well against you know mm. Big Ten opponents, you know Big uh, Pac twelve opponents. I mean like Pac ten. No, I'm saying Big Twelve, Pac Pac ten, all these other conferences. They they can win. It's just that when you talk about the conference as a whole, it really is dominated so much by Clemson that no one else really has a chance to shine out. That now, makes sense. one thing you should know, man, Michigan hat, is that, uh, you know, how the Big Ten is divided into East and West. Mm-hmm. In the ACC, at least from my experience for this one year, um, to make the bowl game, it's not if you win one division or the other. It's just the top two teams. That, okay. that actually was just a special thing for this year, though. Oh, really? So they they, they mm. usually have divisions in East, like, a, uh, I think they call them Coastal and Mountain or something like oh. that. I forget the exact divisions, what that. they're called now. Okay. But uh, with COVID, because they didn't have, they were only doing in-conference play, they, they just set to pick the top two performing teams, which mm-hmm. is why you can have pe- uh, teams, uh, last year it was, what, Clemson versus Virginia in the AC title title game, and the year before that, mm. it was Clemson versus Pitt. Where, I mean, these are okay. other teams that aren't necessarily representative of the best team in the conference, second best team in the conference. It's just that they won the other division. Yeah, I mean, real quick been side kind note, of true with the Big Ten anyway. So I'm pretty much exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, real quick side note. This is going back to a previous comment, but you were saying how Syracuse. You have a friend who's like, oh, Syracuse, this is your year. And you're like, no, they suck at football. Well, let's just be real. Any school that has or any any team, whether it's pro or school, that names their team after a color just mm-hmm. doesn't do well. Like the Reds, <laughs> the Browns, the Orange. Like, hmm. Well, you can't, you can't say about the Browns anymore. They actually made the playoffs this year. Yeah, St. they Louis. didn't win anything. <laughs> they, they, St. Louis they, Blues had a good little Okay, run. that's fair. Yeah, exactly. Okay, fine. You're ruining my joke, Shane. White Sox. I don't know. <laughs> they definitely don't have a team called the Whites. I can the White. you that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would not be cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So if I were to become a Clemson fan or just an ACC fan in general, yep. what are the rules for that? Like it's a Southern based conference. Like, do I need to get a lift kit for my truck? Do I do that <laughs> you later? Have to like sweet tea. No, yeah. Uh, like are there rules for joining? They're actually, it's most of the teams are in the South, but actually it is split pretty along along the scale between north and south i mean you have pitt up in pennsylvania you have syracuse up in new york i mean it is an atlantic coast you have virginia teams which are i mean i don't know if you consider virginia south but i mean it 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 does run a pretty broad continuum of teams and i mean i think technically notre dame is in the acc and everything but football so you even have some midwest flares in there too true true so it Hmm. being an acc fan you kind of have to roll with the fact that football was dominated by Clemson, but in basketball, it's an open game. It's anyone's, it's anyone's a conference. Yeah. Gotcha. My fear and with, don't forget Mitchell Trubisky came from the ACC. So there you go. That's a definite pro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely was a pro. I technically was a pro. <laughs> 
football was his profession. <laughs> um, so final thoughts here. Like if I were to become a Clemson fan, there's this fear I have that everyone is going to say, well, you were a bad fan of a bad team that couldn't get over the hump. So now you're bandwagoning to a successful team. Like how, what's the argument if I were to become a Clemson fan that would make me not be a bandwagon fan? Well, the, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily the best person to ask because I <laughs> excuse of saying that I'm not a bandwagoner because I actually got a degree from there. That's, so, that's fair, I think. Yeah. I think that's the answer. I think you just lie and say, oh, well, I, <laughs> went, yeah, I, went, yeah. I went there for grad school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Keep, Clemson really is it's one of those schools where it's kind of like Texas A&M because they have this really, they have the ring ceremony and everything where people who go to Clemson are really, really proud of the fact that they went to Clemson okay. and they have like one of the largest, I think foundations of like people who donate and give estates and things like that. And so it really is when I, when I say it's like the Michigan of the South, it kind of is the Michigan of the South in terms of, you know, prestige yeah. and academics and people liking to say they went there. And so big alumni body and all that. Yeah. Exactly. And yep. so loud and proud but uh the the biggest thing i'd have to say is find something or someone that connects you to clemson so a lot of people are now cheering for clemson because you know trevor lawrence they really Mm -hmm. like trevor lawrence you know he's just a really great upstanding guy christian guy he's just you know likable in every sense of the word and so people are you know cheering for clemson because they like lawrence or find maybe you like dabbo sweeney you like his story you like saying you don't harbor does say my new coach is sweeney and i'll cheer whoever he's for or something like that okay, that, that'd okay. be my pitch for someone who didn't go to clemson trying to make the change huh. or maybe i could find like a really obscure player like an, a backup offensive lineman so then people <laughs> think okay he must be a real fan or, or, or find a transfer for michigan who went to clemson oh that's a good idea okay i like that so it gives me some research to do uh yeah. here's another question i have are you aware of any like really good elective classes that maybe the man Michigan hat can mm. take just a one-off? So he can say he went to Clemson. Yeah. Even if it was just a one-off elective class. Are you saying you want to enroll at Clemson? Like, yeah, maybe there's like a, a four week class or maybe even like a one day <laughs> seminar that technically is like through Clemson. So I can tell well, people. I know I that they have uh, like a, a, a digital like a digital learning or a digital like a, a, a social media thing that they've been trying to push recently mm. so maybe you could take something with that and of course i mean okay. the econ department that i was a part of i mean yeah. i gotta pump my econ department <laughs> so <laughs> i like that that's a good idea kyle like i can i can register for like a ted talk that is hosted mm-hmm. there and then i can be like hey i took a class at clemson you know? <laughs> exactly okay. or we should take the podcast on the road and maybe you can go for a hmm. a tour of Clemson oh. as like a you know a twenty eight year old like prospective student or whatever. <laughs> That's a, a great idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before you go, Jason, even though we're kind of done with this part of the conversation, I wanted to. Uh, you, you mentioned before we started recording that you're still kind of cheering for Michigan on the side, so. I I just want to hear you and man, the Michigan hat kind of go off about this past season and the state of Michigan football currently started great. Uh, we beat Minnesota, got the little Brown jug. That that was great. That was a nice sweet opening. And then mm-hmm. um, let's just say uh, 2020 was not good to Michigan in any it scope. 
no it was yeah i mean because my my dad still watches you know every game yeah. and so being home with covid i mean i still watch every game with him because mm-hmm. he's you know diehard michigan fan and so i got to watch the absolute debacle that was their 2020 season it was rough man like i this was the first the first time this season that i had not seen a michigan game that i like sat a game out i think the indiana game was the first one i didn't tune in to watch the first time i hadn't seen a michigan game in over a decade um and i guilted i guilted him into watching the rutgers game and I never watched. I didn't watch another game after that, where, where they had to go to overtime, to triple beat overtime. Rutgers. Yeah. I mean. Watching Harbaugh celebrate on the field after beating Rutgers in triple overtime was about the worst thing I've ever witnessed. The only good thing is that we didn't lose to Ohio State because we didn't play. True. Yeah. You don't have to well, say that last part. Just say we didn't lose. Just say the exactly. <laughs> well, I don't but, even. Need what to I say thought what it was going to be anymore. sweet it was that if we didn't play them. And then they missed out on the championship, the Big Ten championship, yeah, because yeah. we didn't play. That would have been just the that would have made twenty twenty worth it in my yep. in my book. But you that know, Northwestern funny. almost took care of it for you by themselves anyway. Yeah, I've but, always had a soft spot for Northwestern. It may just be the fact you know from Chicago, they they build themselves as Chicago's Big Ten team. I like Northwestern. I've always, I've always had they're always one of those black horse teams that always has a chance to do well, but they just yeah. always end up somewhere in the middle. And so that kind of mm-hmm. good for them that they had a run. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, so technically, Clemson lost to Ohio State more than Michigan did this year. Exactly. True. Oh, yeah. So I guess I wouldn't be a bandwagoner. I'd be. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's what I'll tell people. So last thing, Jason, just uh, you know, <clears throat> as as a Lions and Bears fan over here, the best thing we can do is to make fun of Aaron Rodgers for losing his fourth NFC Championship game, <laughs> even though like we would love it for our quarterbacks to make just one nfc championship game (laughs) that's like the level of humor we have to stoop to so uh just um i i've gotten a sense from packers fans on twitter that this year felt i guess magical would be a word just because it is an mvp season from rogers and now he's another year older and again packers have cap space issues yeah, so yeah. what what is the next step for the Packers? Like I I'm pretty sure they'll win the division again next year, but like how many more years do you think Rodgers is a Packer? Like what what are your thoughts on all that? Are you asking the optimistic Jason or the um cynical Jason? <laughs> give give me your Jekyll and Hyde. Uh my Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. One positive, one negative. Uh the my, my the optimistic side is that Aaron Rodgers will retire a Packer. He is, you know, made himself, you know, he's noteworthy. Everyone knows who he is. He's the superstar. They're not going to pull what they did with Brett Favre, and he's going to retire a Packer and then go to the Hall of Fame a Packer and only being a Packer. I was going to say, um, technically, Brett Favre did retire a Packer. Well, because, <laughs> well, he came back. He did yeah. come back as a Packer, and the Packers traded him to the Jets. So, oh, okay. I forgot that he came back before the trade. That's right. Yeah. So the Packers then traded into the Jets for the year, and then he went to <laughs> Minnesota. Oh, that hurt. I mean, <laughs> there's one. There's one thing. It's it's kind of like having a coach at Michigan retire and then go to uh, Ohio State. That's the easiest way to put how that felt. Mm-hmm. But uh, Op, that's my optimistic side. He's going to retire a Packer. I mean, he said that he's he's fine with staying at Green Bay at the moment. 
I know I heard that I was reading an article that the Rams tried to swing for uh, Aaron Rodgers before that. they got Safford. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, that was kind of interesting read. So take that for what you will. The pessimistic side. Um, I think he'll give it one more year. I mean, cause you have, they've gone the last two years to the uh, championship. Yeah. And so, they at least have the pieces to make another run next year. Whether or not they'll have Aaron Jones is another question. Whether or not they'll have some of the other, you know. If you think about it this way, here's, here's a fact that I heard. Aaron Rodgers has only thrown one pass to a first-round wide receiver in his career. Yep. I mean, that – so the fact that he's doing what he can with yeah. what he has, I mean, that – at least one more year. That that That's my pessimistic side. But hmm. fun note uh, – my first Michigan game that I ever saw was actually at Camp Camp Randall up in, oh yeah, in Madison. So yeah, fun Wisconsin <laughs> memories all around. That that's my uh, good bad Packers take. Or awesome. even though uh, this has about been about the beauty that is college football and fandoms. You know what's what's yeah. what's not to love about the pack. <laughs> Uh, I could, the fact that yeah. they haven't won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, at least you, at least you were alive to witness your team win the Super Bowl. Yeah, or exactly. at least they ever win. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, could always be the, worse. Today is the anniversary of the only time a lion was in the Super Bowl, and that was the lion Katy Perry rode in on for her halftime <laughs> mm, performance. Yes. That shows never gets old. Thanks for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, Where they they threw a pass at the one yard line when they had Marshawn Lynch. Yes. Really? Oh, that was, yeah. Infamy. I saw, I saw a meme. It was, it was like a college student and they said, I always wear my, I always wear my Seahawks Jersey when I take a test because I know that I'll pass when I shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) anyway well jason thanks so much for coming on and trying to uh pitch to the man michigan hat for clemson we'll see where he stands we're going to field a bunch more of these interviews from other fans uh from other fandoms so Mm -hmm. uh we'll keep you up to date with if he's leaning clemson's way or not oh that's good and uh, you know if you you decide to come to clemson i mean there's a lot of great spots down in clemson south carolina where i can take you you know pause diner everyone loves it there i mean you get there's 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 landmark places you can see. Well, landmark. you made a strong case. Put a good pitch together. We appreciate that. Maybe I'll do like a college decision, like with all the hats laid out on the table or something. Exactly. Um, so we'll keep you updated. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a blast. All right, listeners, before we get into our segments, I uh, just wanted to give you guys a quick word about our sponsor, PointsBet. Uh, so PointsBet is a full traditional sports book that offers customers more markets and rewards than anyone else. Um, to sign up, go download the PointsBet app from the iOS App Store, Google Play Store, or www.pointsbet.com. Okay, And you, you want to sign up and you want to play because we play. We play every day. You can see our tweet, tweet at SYSS Scorecast on Twitter if you're not following there, tweet uh Follow there at SYSS Scorecast, and you can play the same games that we're playing. Um, we, Man Michigan Hat, Richie Chicago, and I, we all put them there. And when you do sign up, enter our code, our promo code, Frustrate, F R U S T R A T E, and PointsBet will match you up to $250 on your first deposit. 
It's a tier deposit bonus. So you deposit 50, you bet with 150. You deposit 150, you bet with 300. You deposit 250, you bet with 500. So go sign up today so you can play points bet with us. It'll be worth your time and money. Void where prohibited. Must be 21 and older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And with that, we haven't played cap or no cap in quite a spell. Uh, but we need to because I, we're, I've i been 2-0. and And poor man Michigan Hat it has the lead right now. But we haven't played in so long because we've had <laughs> special episodes and... Just yeah. haven't had time, so I and finally I'll- get the lead, and let's just stop playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, it's been just busy trying to get segments in. So, um, but yeah, right now I do have the lead four to two. Um, yeah, so, so we'll be- see. Yeah, yeah. Before we do this, what I want to do is, <laughs> since we haven't played in a while, I want to give a quick refresher to everybody of how this game works. <laughs> okay. So, um, in this segment. We will take turns describing the hat or logo of any hockey team around the world. This could be mm-hmm. the NHL. It could be a Canadian league. It could be, I don't know, a team from Russia. It could be a team from anywhere. Um, and we're going to describe that hat or logo. And then we're, we have to determine if that person, if that logo that they're describing if that is a real logo no cap they're not lying or that it is a fake logo that someone came up with and that would be cap that they are lying uh we're keeping tally over a 10 episode period and the loser faces a punishment all right that's the game so cap it's basically true or false cap or no cap all right uh do you want to go first do you want me to go first you can decide right I forgot who did last time, but since I'm leading, you can go ahead and pick. All right. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Okay. All right. So I'm going to read read first. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, Michigan hat. So this logo that I'm looking at, it has a big orange tower in the back. And it this tower looks a little bit like um, – it has kind of a feature to it that looks kind of like an oil rig sort of thing, if okay. you can picture that. Yep. Uh, and in front of this big orange oil rig is a blue construction worker, or an oil rig worker perhaps, wearing a white construction hat and a hockey sweater of the team that he represents. Uh, he has a very distinct butt chin. More concave than nice. Drew Brees' ribs, actually. Wow. Yeah. And uh, Tyrod Taylor's lungs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, with all that, cap or no cap? Oh, man. So, it's like a Houston Oilers type vibe. Um, hmm. Um, my initial reaction is this sounds legit. I mean, there's lots of towns all over the world that would have, like, refinery, mining kind of connections. So maybe, like, the miners or the, you know, something like that. I'm going to go no cap. This sounds like a real logo. All right. So give me one second. Okay. (laughs) 
All right. Do you see it in the dock? There it is. But that so is unless you did a Photoshop that looks like a real one. It is a real logo, but it is not of a hockey team. Oh, he's holding a football. That is the Houston Oilers old throwback the- lo- logo, <laughs> not the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> oh man. Yep. So I said like getting an Oilers vibe, but it just literally was the Oilers. It literally was the Oilers, but it was the Houston Oilers, not the Edmonton Oilers. Smart play. Thank and you. then did you just add the orange behind it just to like change the color scheme up? Well, I know that Edmonton, the one of their primary colors is orange, right? Okay. So yep, yep. I went orange in the blue and yeah. Smart. Yeah. Wow. And I love the well cowboy played. boots on this guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, well played. Good strategy. Thank so you. that puts it four to three. And uh, this is a, a big pick right here. All right. So I've got mine. You ready for the description? Yes. All right. So what I'm describing is a logo just on the front of the sweater. And this is, uh, it starts off with two ribbons that are crossed. So it's like an X, uh, you know, like the classic ribbon shape of um, like breast where it's got like the awareness. V shape at the bottom or whatever, like the prongs you know what i mean is like, it yeah go ahead yeah, yeah i know so what you there's mean. two two ribbons crossed and then superimposed on the front of that is a red circle um it's kind of like wavy around the edges um so it's not like a perfectly round circle just more like a i don't know like a blob or a shape i guess um huh. and then on the front of that is the letter b uh which is kind of giving away a little bit of a hint but yeah the b for like the team's crest or logo so you have the ribbons the red circle with the letter b on the front of it cap or no cap and i'm sorry you said it was like a bubble letter is that what you said no just the so the circle on the front's like a blob kind of like wavy lines like it's not a sharply defined circle and then the letter on the front is just the letter b hmm just a normal font, kind of. This is one of those times where I feel like it's, it's chess, where it's like I have I, I have to guess your move, but maybe you're anticipating me to guess a certain move, so you're going. But you knew I would pick that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. Because right now, like, there's this part of me when you said, "Oh, and there's a B," which is kind of giving away a hint. It's like there, <laughs> like that's almost like you said that two on purpose to be to be a lie you know what i mean okay like it it sounds almost like you have an intentional slip up kind of thing yeah um Hmm. interesting but i don't like the low like i don't like the logo like i don't like the way it does i can kind of picture it i think and i don't i don't love the way it looks which i know is not the game um (laughs) i hate this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it just doesn't no seem like. it doesn't seem like a good logo so because okay. of that and because of your slip up whether it was intentional or not i am going to go with cap i think this is a lie <laughs> that is correct i did similar yes. to what you did this is inspired by a real logo and it's the crest on my Jim Beam bottle. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it was like a wax seal because then I wondered if you would guess, if you would know what I was talking about. Um, I I don't know yeah. if I would have been able to picture that, honestly. Okay. If you would have said that. 
I know what you mean yeah. now. Now that I now that you showed me the logo, but Jim Beam, not a sponsor. You you really enjoy picking a random object in the room and trying to describe <laughs> it as a yeah, jersey. I <laughs> and I do intentionally do the like slip ups and stuff, but I don't do I don't think as in depth as far as like, well, I'm gonna say that, then he's gonna say that. I just do it just to like add more confusion. Yeah. yeah. No, that's <laughs> so, funny. Yeah. <laughs> well I tie well, it up. You draw even. What's Woo! four to four? Wow. Big week. Yeah. That Let's was go huge. back to not playing Cap No Cap. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was gonna say maybe that big break helped me. <laughs> All right, oh cool. man well if, by the way anyone if you ever like any of the logos we talk about as long as they're real you can always go find those hats and logos at fanatics uh you can also find a pretty cool hat at the shoot your shot sports store so i'm going to plug both of those right now to access fanatics go to shootyourshotsports.com forward slash frustration nation and there's a link there to fanatics you can purchase stuff through there uh you get a little discount we get a little bit of that cheddar too uh, it's a beautiful beautiful piece of teamwork and you can get a really cool shoot your shot sports hat you can also get the official michigan hat of the man in the michigan hat on shoot your shot sports on the shop.shootyourshotsports.com as well so go to both of those places to buy your gear today all right get all your houston oilers and jim beam gear that's today. that's right since you <laughs> since you know there's a lot of houston oilers stuff out there I would totally wear a Houston Oilers hat. You know, That'd there's awesome. probably more. I'll, I'll bet you on Fanatics that there is more stuff that has Jim Beam involved on it than <laughs> Houston Oilers. Like, I bet there's yeah. a NASCAR hat or something on Fanatics that has Jim Beam on it. That's a good bet. Or like a golf hat or it. something. Uh, actually, I might not take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. I don't know. I like old, like logos of like oh, the Atlanta yeah. Thrashers or the Expos or the Supersonics like I like I've been so tempted to buy an Expos know. hat I yeah. really like it just it just comes off it's just cool to me you the know? Expos like, hat is super cool my my team is so hipster that it doesn't even exist anymore I love <laughs> here's some throwback hats we should do a draft days of throw of like throwback logos That'd I cool. really like the Seattle Mariners throwback with like the upside down mm. trident to be shaped as yep. letter M I yeah. really like the Expos logo. I think my favorite is the Hartford Whalers. Oh, yep. That logo yep. is so good. Like, it's obviously a whale, but there's also obviously an H and a W for Hartler yeah. Whale. It's one of the best logos I've ever seen. <laughs> so, Speaking of Seattle, when do the Kraken start? Is it next season? Yeah, next. So this offseason they have their, their uh, expansion draft. So that'll be actually really be interesting. interesting for the Red Wings and the Blackhawks because yeah, that, who do you protect and all that? Yeah, you're gonna have to give away some of this talent we're now developing. So this is actually a really important <laughs> year for the rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> good thing we didn't get a good lottery pick. <laughs> we don't right. even have to worry about protecting them. <laughs> yeah, oh. it will be interesting. Um, well, yeah. we are moving on to F and idiot, and I already spouted about mine, and that's Bears fans overvaluing Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson. So that's just you, man. Yeah. What's your effing idiot? Well, mine's similar to what I already ranted about, but oh. it's about the Stafford trade again. And it's this more specifically, though, it's the people, Detroit fans, who are crying about the return we got for Stafford. People are way too focused on the fact that we got Jared Goff. Like, I've Quarterback been, of the future. 
<laughs> yeah. I've been a consistent Jared Goff hater. And so you, people might be surprised and say, like, well, why don't you hate this trade? Getting Jared Goff, like, why is he part of this? What are the Lions thinking? Why would they take on his contract? The whole, but Stafford's better than Goff, so, like, why are we doing like, But So, like, why are we doing this? Like, why would we make this move to downgrade our quarterback? This move is not about Goff. Actually, us taking Goff is what gave us the extra picks. Like, yep. us taking Goff is a favor for the Rams. Um, that's what gave us two first rounders and a third rounder. Otherwise, if we're just getting Stafford, we're probably looking at like a first and a third or something yep. from them, you know? So taking on Goff's contract, it's a win-win for both teams. The Rams need an upgrade. The Rams have a window with the contracts, with their defense, like they're locked in with a window. They needed an upgrade because Jared Goff isn't going to take them to the next level. The Lions are rebuilding anyway. So when you're looking for a team to take on a bad contract with a bad quarterback, you look for teams that are looking to rebuild anyway, who, like with his contract, we can cut him in two years for basically no penalty. Like we won't owe him anything after a couple years. So as a team that's going to be bad and looking to rebuild anyway, we're the perfect candidate to take that contract off their hands for them. So this was a win-win. Nobody's saying Jared Goff is the quarterback of the future. Like you said, (laughs) I mean, there is a sense in which he's only 26. And I've said on our bonus episode last time, like I am not one of those people who has the view. Maybe a change of scenery will be good for him because I think McVay's system is about the best scenery you can have. So if anything, he's going to get dramatically worse with Detroit if I had to predict it. But in the off chance that he's successful, he's only 26. And then this trade looks even better. But assuming that it won't, which is the most likely outcome, this is still a good trade because in two years you cut Goff, you draft a quarterback either this year or next year. You've, done the Rams a favor and by doing so got even more draft capital from them so nobody everybody freaking out about this trade because Jared Goff's in it don't let that distract you from the reason the Lions made the trade and it had nothing to do with Goff very good I yeah I agree Goff is not the reason they traded uh no and I mean I think I mentioned on our bonus episode like maybe you know the probably best case scenario really is that maybe with golf maybe change of scenery maybe new coaches who knows you never know maybe golf could turn a corner recapture some of what made him a first overall pick you never know like maybe he could find his way in detroit and if that's the case that just helps the lions rebuild um but as you're a lions fan listening to this don't expect that like there's already talk about golf getting offloaded this offseason by the lions exactly that he never actually plays it down Worst case scenario for Goff is that he sucks, and that's still a win if that plays out. Yeah. Anything else is just a bonus. Yep. But yeah, like you said, expect him to be terrible and still be happy with the trade knowing that. Yep. Awesome. Well, do you want to do this draft days? Yeah, we can run through it real quick. We won't break cool. down all the picks that yeah. much, but yeah. All right. So we haven't done draft days in a while either. Again, we've had so much to talk about lately. There hasn't been much time for segments. So... Today, we're going to play Draft Days, and in this Draft Days, we are going to be selecting our top five worst or most annoying, however you want to put that, sports cliches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I, we had we were talking over the weekend about sports cliches that just annoy us, so um, <laughs> uh, do you want to flip a coin? Yeah, let me 
get that set up. How long does it take you right. to flip a coin, man? <laughs> a while when I don't have one. <laughs> All right, I got it set up. Are you going Drop out on this? Are you going out and pedaling on the streets? <laughs> yeah. Please, <laughs> sir, may I have a coin? <laughs> I got you. Actually, I have an actual coin here. I should have flipped. Nice. It's like here on my table. I've got a a $1 coin. <gasps> Holy crap. From 1979. Oh, so 10 years off. <laughs> yeah, from being real nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, do you want heads or tails? I'll take heads. It's tails. Hmm. All right, so that gives me the first pick in cliches. Um Man, there's so many different directions I could go. We're gonna go for best cliche available, though. We have a lot of needs in our cliche draft. But it's your, but it's the worst cliches, right? Yeah, <laughs> the best worst cliche, available. the best of the worst cliches. <laughs> I'm going to go with just and this is used in a lot of different situations, but just the expression, 110 percent. Mm. Super overused in sports. Anytime it's talking about any kind of effort, it's used in coach speak. It's used by analysts, which that's kind of there's two different sides of cliches. You know, there's coach speak and there's overuse by like sports personalities. This one applies to both. So I think it's a strong first pick. 110%. (laughs) This one that my first pick here, this applies to it first applied in sports and now people have made it so that it applies to basically everything in life and because of mm-hmm. that it's become something that's overused so much i honestly really liked it originally um but it's it's just become overused so much that it's annoying and that is goat no oh, all right i i even use yeah. it a lot myself like when we talk about tom brady and stuff but yeah. People all the time will be like, oh, man, this is the goat pizza. This is like, oh, you know, Lil Wayne is the goat rapper. Like all this stuff is just like, oh, my word. It Not yeah. everything has to be the best you've ever had of anything. Right. Like it can be okay. It can be decent. It can be better than average. It doesn't always have to be the greatest of all time. Goats are the goat farm animals. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um. And I love it because I love acronyms, and it's a really good acronym. But yeah, and it's like cool. You, you can do the like a picture of a goat and yeah. be like the goat. You know, like you could have just overused. They could have no. done the best of all time. It could have been a boat, boat, the boat. <laughs> I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> right. You can try to get that trend in the boat. <laughs> I should. <laughs> no, that's Rogers. He's the best. R- Brady's just the greatest. Yeah, there you go. You know? <laughs> right. Rogers is the boot. Um, I'm going to go with downhill runner. Mm. And that's NFL specifically. <laughs> um, that's a good one. You know what that be- Whenever you hear somebody say that, what it tells me is not elusive. Like, <laughs> it's basically saying, like, ideally you'd think like Frank Gore, like a tough runner, yeah. like always falls forward, which is another cliche. But really what this tells me, downhill runner, just means you don't make any moves in the hole and you run straight into contact. <laughs> downhill runner. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, man. I, I don't Back know. Back in my day, we had to run uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Somehow I'm like. All of a sudden, I'm like struggling a little bit. I can think of cliches, but I'm struggling to think of like really bad ones. Um, yeah, the one that I have that 
it's again just one that's overused it's overused in a lot of sports movies and therefore also on the field is get your head in the game um (laughs) it's so overused in movies and tv shows that i don't even feel like coaches even say it anymore like <laughs> like it almost has become so meaningless that it can't even be used in coach speak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Huh. Um there's some that I actually like that I don't want to use uh-huh. cuz even though it's overused, I still like it and say it a lot. Um I'm going to go I'm going to go bricks, the expression brick in NBA, like a brick (laughs) for a shot. And I struggled with that one because I like it. Like, it's funny, but it's almost used, you know, like the whole, you you say Kobe when you shoot a, a, like a piece of paper into a trash can. Like, that's a cool one. That's like almost iconic. Everyone says it, you know, but brick, when you miss any kind of shot or throw or anything, it's just so overused to the point where, and if you actually think about it. Like I don't I don't know where the expression comes from, but throwing a brick like it doesn't make sense and it's overused. So I'm gonna go with that. All right, next I'm gonna go with the cliche that kind of sparked our conversation um, earlier this week, and it's not a cliche in, in the terms that it's a very specific phrase or word that's repeated, but mm-hmm. it's the just the entire concept of always comparing up and coming players to already established Mm. players. And so we were talking about how they'll say, Oh, you know, Trey Lance is a comp for X Mm -hmm. player or Trevor Lawrence is a comp for Andrew Luck or whatever. And it's just like, really? So I'm just going to put comps as that's a huge one. That's a really good one. It's just like, why can't you just talk about his characteristics? Uh, you con- you constantly have to. It it's most annoying in the off season when fans of my own team do that. Yeah, you'll say, like, "Oh, he's getting comps to Michael Vick, which obviously would be great." Like, just because one aspect of his game is similar, you know, that- doesn't mean you're going to expect the same kind of output. And he's not going to have anything at all like a career like he did. Exactly, just because he has one trait that's similar. That's the thing. Comps are mostly meaningless in my opinion like i think it's honestly more valuable when you compare an up-and-coming player to a fairly average player in the league but when you're comparing them yeah, like a current player kind of yeah but even like like the bulls drafted patrick williams immediately people are like okay this kid is like Kawhi leonard okay let's pump the brakes for a moment like this kid is 19 years old the youngest kid in the draft he just got here like, let's give him a year or two, see what he can do before we're like, oh, this is the next Kawhi Leonard. And it's just like, the, the that's where the comp conversation kind of gets me. It's like, why are we comparing? Like, it, It's just, it's unfair. And mm-hmm. again, it's not really helpful. Like, because now all the fans are expecting you to be like Kawhi Leonard. And then when you end up not being Kawhi Leonard, now the fans are upset with you even though you did nothing to not be Kawhi Leonard. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yep, exactly. It's a stupid exercise. That's my point. For sure. Um, 
I'm going to go with another one that I uh, don't have a problem with the expression. I just think it's definitely overused, and that's for college basketball, Cinderella team. <laughs> like yeah, I can see this. Like so- I get the I get the metaphor of like it's a a team no one expected to be good, and they had a a cool storybook run, you know, but. Can we find some kind of other picture? Like anytime a 16 seed, like every 16 seed in the tournament is called a Cinderella team, seemingly like 10 times during the game. They could be getting blown out by 40 points and it's still, well, the clock's going to strike midnight on Cinderella. It's like (laughs) every team can't be Cinderella, you know? Maybe a nice, like, where's the Snow White team? Like, can we just come up with some other comps? You know, Snow White team would probably be Iowa, to be honest. But or like the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> right. So, um, because Kyler Murray's so short. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the dwarves. So it's just overused. Um, and it gets old. Like, it's not used year round, but right around March Madness, it becomes one of the most, yeah, annoying expressions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely see. Uh, well, I mean, kind of, I'm not going to use this because it's too similar to yours, but kind of in a similar way, in Cinderella, there's the whole, like, David and Goliath. Like, a lot of people say, oh, this is a David meets Goliath yep. matchup. Like, yep. it's exactly the same concept, and it's just like, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, this next one is kind of similar to your downhill runner, where it's specific to a sport. <laughs> And it's specific to a type of player it sounds like they're having a hard time giving a compliment to. And that is contact hitter. Mm. <laughs> contact hitter, to me, in baseball yeah, is a little one. bit like, hey, so this guy, he hits a lot of ground balls. And, for you know, at least 50% of the time they go past the infield. Um <laughs> So, and I mean, the worst comes to worst, he moves runners from base to base. You know, I mean, sometimes it's a double play, but, you know, yeah. he puts the ball in play. It's just like, <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest, it, a contact hitter is more valuable in today's MLB than ever before because in today's MLB, it's all either strikeouts, home runs, or walks. That's like literally what the MLB is today. Yep. So contact hitters are actually somewhat valuable more because they're a, a rare breed. But in the history of the sport, a contact hitter was like, hey, this person can put the ball in play, but they're never going to hit a home run or a big hit for you. <laughs> right. Great. Thoroughly <laughs> mediocre. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I have one last pick, and it's going to be this is one I thought of just now and i'm really glad i didn't forget to do this one because i would have thought of it later and wished i had put it in but it's control their own destiny or we control our own destiny um it kind of relates more to the that whole like if the playoffs were to end today like i was kind of thinking of like that kind of direction as far as like what frustrates me um i get the point behind it when you're saying like you're not mathematically eliminated um but it seems like every year there's that cliche of, out there if they control their own destiny which if you're a game or two out of the playoffs makes sense because then you're, is when you're really getting into the nitty-gritty of this team needs to lose this team needs to win this team controls their own destiny but when you see teams week eight in the nfl say hey well now they control their own destiny in the division it's like yeah because nobody's been mathematically eliminated <laughs> um so I get what they're going for when they use it, but again, just overused. And I think also fans latch onto this phrase as like a a glimmer of hope 
and just com- continue to parrot it. Like, we control our own destiny, we control our own destiny, um, and use that as a way to kind of mask any real issues on your team. Well, we control our own destiny, so, yeah. <sighs> All right. This last one, I, I don't really, I, I'm honestly kind of out, and I, I'm sure I'm going to think of ones later. Um, yeah. Now, here's a guy. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did think about that one, but. Uh, it's more. It's such a niche cliche because it's yeah. like specifically only to Chris Collins. No one else uses it, but he uses it all the time. But now he does it intentionally. Yeah, so it doesn't bother me. It's just funny. Um. So, man, it, why am I having a hard time with this? Um. I don't want to be too similar, but one that I'm thinking of is just like it, it's similar to my comps. It's similar to control your their destiny a little bit, and it's okay. just the idea of pace. People are always okay. bringing up pace, like oh, this person, like oh, look, you know, um, oh, yeah, uh, Mike Trout has 30 home runs. By you know June thirtieth, that means he's on pace to hit this many for the season or whatever. Yep. Um, yep. You know, oh, this person he's on pace to ma- have as many tackles as Lawrence Taylor did in nineteen. 19- <laughs> right. Like, and it's yep. it's again it's it's a meaningless. It, it's purely something for clicks and likes and action on social media because it is a meaningless exercise. Yep. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't do anything but usually lead to disappointment. Because rarely <laughs> is anybody going to live up to the greatness that the pace predicts. Yeah. Uh, you had two goals in the season opener. He's on pace for 164 goals this year. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously when you're talking larger sample sizes, it becomes more relevant. But that is way overused. Well, uh, th- I agree that, with you on that. That's why I love, like, there was one year, I don't remember who it was, but somebody on the Cubs had two home runs in the opening game of the season. And so I remember right. tweeting out like, oh, so-and-so is on pace for, you know, 300, yep. however many 162 <laughs> is times two. It's like yeah. 300 something home runs. It's like, okay, obviously, I think 324, right? right? Yeah. Yep. So-and-so is on pace for 324 home runs. Okay, obviously that's never going to happen. <laughs> And it, at, yeah. when I do that, that's more of a parody of it, like making fun of that concept. Right. But people do it legitimately. Like, yeah. And that's where it's interesting. And it's, but it's not really helpful in any way. No. Because anybody who ever has a hot start is always going to have a crazy pace. It's just, like, that's the whole point of that yep. stat, you know? Yep. Yeah. Good, good choice. I'm sure there's going right. to be more I think of later. I know. We might yeah. have to well, do... Well, there's just... There's so many that will... Like, even watching the Super Bowl, there's going to be some that it's like, oh, wow, that's... Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Like, like one that... Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I feel like this is used... I don't really necessarily hate this, but... Uh-huh. It's a cli- I feel like it's a cliche because it's used a lot when basically something medically happens to a player. No one can explain exactly what happened, but they were 
they looked really out of the game for a moment. They go to the sideline, then they come back in a little bit later. What's the response? Oh, well, so and so must have had the wind knocked out of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just a stinger or like yeah. yeah. And there's like different phrases for and, that. Yeah. And I've had the wind knocked out of me and it is awful. It sucks. Yeah. But it's still Sometimes it's a little much that they just assume, oh, it, it, they must have had the wind knocked out of them. <laughs> and then, yeah, it kind of feels like a boomer expression, too. Like it's yeah. been around for forever. Yeah. You know, like it's not a medical term. It's just, oh, the wind knocked out of them. You know, it's, yeah. Quick side note with getting the wind knocked out of you, actually, <laughs> my buddy Jason, who's on, who we interviewed earlier, uh, we were yep. playing a turkey bowl one year, and he's the one that knocked the wind out of me. <laughs> I was running down the sideline in our turkey bowl, and he like came and totally t-boned me out of Ugh. bounds. And yeah. I remember, I I'd never had the wind knocked out of me before, and I remember like it's scary. You have a split second in your mind where you're like, "Am I dying?" <laughs> Because you're like you can't breathe, like yeah. and no matter what you do, there's like <laughs> yeah, it's just like pure, for a, just a split second, it's just pure panic. Yeah, you know? yep. <laughs> yeah, like you or you hit right in like the solar plexus, right under your chest, above your like around your ribs, yep. and it's just like you can't catch your breath for what feels like forever. Yeah, yep, yeah, it's not a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, All right let's uh let's i think that's it for our segment so let's finish up with our silver lining and our closing well my silver lining um i'm just very proud of this as a michigan basketball fan former michigan football fan um we we all know michigan basketball has been canceled now they had a two-week pause in all athletic activities and i just want to say canceling michigan basketball for the past couple weeks has saved undoubtedly countless lives and has been a resounding success so i just like to applaud the athletic director athletic department um really proud to be a wolverine today we were able to go from zero cases on the basketball team to zero cases on the basketball team and it's just an incredible victory for modern medicine and frankly the entire western world um I think all of us can be thankful today that a top four team in the nation was able to derail their season right in the middle of the conference stretch. Like Great timing on that. Momentum, conditioning, things like that are just a small price to pay when you're facing such insurmountable odds. Mm. These men, they're survivors and they're warriors. I have never been so proud of this team and of this school. Hey, and you know shout out to governor whitmer for having that yes. r- that rule too so yeah the integrity and the boldness this w- um, yeah this wouldn't have been possible without her no you you've saved again countless lives and quite frankly you've saved the entire nation um, <laughs> she, so we we applaud you today is she a michigan state fan <laughs> that would explain a lot <laughs> <laughs> um also <laughs> One more joke. So I heard somebody went to Michigan's coach and said, "said Do you want a COVID?" And he said, "No." Hilarious. <laughs> this has been another episode of Dad Bod Central. <laughs> That's a throwback. Yeah. Oh man, man, that was last year. Everybody, twenty twenty. Okay. My silver lining is Blackhawks related. I teased it earlier. 
a lot of concern was made by Blackhawks fans, myself included, going into this season that Corey Crawford was not returning. The Blackhawks made that decision to let him walk, and then he decided to retire, which good on Corey Crawford for just deciding to retire. Um, but there's a lot of concern. What like the Blackhawks have no good goalie prospects. Like we don't have anybody young, up and coming that's going to be good. Um. We don't know who any of these guys are. Like, they weren't selected very high. Like, what the heck is going to happen? Um, and there's just a lot of negativity surrounding the Blackhawks because it was, like, outside of Kirby Dock and Dominic Kubalik. Who's going to be good young players? Well, it's still very early into the season and early into his career, but Kevin Lincoln has been an absolute breath of fresh air for the Blackhawks. This is a crazy stat. But in a five in his last five games, and they haven't played that many even this year, but in I think he started six and his first game was like pretty bad. He allowed like five goals, I think. Yeah. But since then, his last five games, he has stopped a hundred and fifty three of hundred and sixty shots. Wow. So the thing I want and it's a nine fifty six save percentage. And the thing I want to bring up here that's significant is that Five games, 160 shots, okay? That's over 30 shots a game. So it's not like the defense is doing him any favors here, okay? He's facing 30 shots a game. And of those 160 shots, he's he's only allowed seven to go in in a five-game span. Wow, it's impressive. I, I'm very excited about this young guy. He's 25, and I'm just, I'm just excited because – very possibly did the Hawks find someone did we goalies are a little tricky goalies sometimes in the NHL can be kind of like a reliever in the MLB who one year just finds it and that year they're they're, streaky yeah they're lights out so the jury's still out a little bit but for my silver lining currently is maybe just maybe the Hawks have found their goalie of the future in Kevin Lincoln he is definitely on pace to be a Corey Crawford comp. That's right. Um, from what we can see. No, like Henrik Lundqvist or Jonathan Quick, like best best goalie ever. Or uh, Patrick yeah. Waugh. Yeah, like a Cinderella kind of goalie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's what we're frustrated about today. What about you? Share your frustrations with us or about us at Real FM Podcast on social media. I'm at Furious George 94. He's at Michigan Hat. Or reach us at frustrationnation at shootyourshotsports.com. That's our email. Go voice your frustrations and leave us a review. And if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you want to hear more, be sure to look for new episodes every Tuesday everywhere you can get podcasts and be sure to subscribe. And every now and then we like to release a surprise bonus episode. If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Even $1, which is probably $49 less than a Matthew Stafford Lions jersey once the trade goes through and the jerseys are then put on sale makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate the hate.